0: Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill.
1: Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people.
0: Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Sounds of the World podcast. Uh, We have a very special guest today. Uh, He creates commercial and experimental music tailored for a boutique Boutique Audience Media. Uh, his music's been described as an extension of Zanakis, uh, one of my favorite uh, 20th century composers. A genius, really. Uh, but it's been, his, his music been described as an extension of Xenakis' Xenakis's early tape pieces uh, and Gentle by Cinemusical. Uh, other reviewers explain his music is drone work meant to shake you out of your shell of complacency and hypnotically static, yet ever moving within itself. It's very true. It's been performed internationally at Emerson Contemporary Gallery in Boston, the Fuse Factory in Columbus, Square Cat Vinyl in Indianapolis, Muse Gallery in London, and the Brooklyn Arts Gym in Brooklyn. Uh, These works have been broadcast all over the place from WMBR and MIT in Cambridge, all the way to KLX Berkeley and WUTL in New Orleans. Uh, he's a champion of experimental music, uh, experimental creators and recording by working with indie and startup artists in Nashville, D.C., Indianapolis, and Boston. He's uh, designed and managed the Clear Lab at Purdue School of Engineering. It's a state-of-the-art facility for creating, mixing, and mastering electronic music. His work as a recording, mixing, and mastering engineer have helped fellow experimental creators release albums from Centaur, New Amsterdam, and Iridian record labels. He studied, in, studied under composer Robert Carl, student of Zanakis himself, at the Hart School of Music, uh, Composition and Sound Recording, BM, and Eleni Lilios at Bowling Green University uh, for his composition and master's. He's currently a professor at Northeastern University and lives with his family in Boston. Please welcome to the Sounds of the World podcast, Doug Bielmeyer. Woohoo! <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Well, thanks for having me
0: and thank you so this is a this is a great thing that i think i want to point out too is that doug reached out to us and he was just like hey you got to listen to some of this new music i created i got this new album coming out and i was like oh okay and yeah. listen and that it's it, the what is it ambient works was just it's so amazing bravo i i love it um so this is a an example of please reach out to us. We want to meet new people. We want to have you on and we want to help you kind of get out there and maybe have new audience members. So so thank you so much and this is wonderful to meet you again. So
2: yeah. It's great to meet you Bill and Hillary. Definitely.
0: So maybe we could just start with a little bit about your background. I know we, it was kind of a long-winded uh uh intro. But maybe yeah. you could tell us how you got into music uh, and your life, like starting somewhat young, and then we can see where we go from there.
2: Well, great. Uh, well, th- thanks again for, for having me. And you're absolutely right. I'm completely shameless. So I just like, <laughs> please, please have me on your wonderful <laughs> podcast. That was definitely, you know. Um, and oh, and uh, I forgot
0: to mention—you host a podcast yourself. So I do. I this do. This is this is amazing. So this yes. is great. So this
2: is this is going to be a podcast about a podcast, right? There now. we go. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's it's a podcast within a podcast.
0: Um, How Seinfeld can we make this? Yes, yes.
2: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Not about the meeting. It's about the driving. But yeah, exactly. That's, that's I get, get off on a tangent. Um, but yeah, so um, I started. Um, so you just mentioned. Um, some of the the education uh, that I had, and um, you know I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and um, there were some there was a lot of musical opportunities uh, for me uh, there um, and then I eventually went on to 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 study at a conservatory um, and went on to grad school in both composition and recording and um, you know th- that's sort of my that was my background I was very much on a conservatory. Sort of track, and um, then I graduated from grad school and didn't didn't get into a doctoral program, and um, didn't have a job. Um, so I had to move back in with my parents, and uh, it was the worst best thing. Yeah. That could have ever happened to me. Um, and you, you get that. I feel like everybody oh, yeah. gets that. They're like, yeah, that sounds horrible, but why was it good? Right. <laughs> it oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Um, you're like free meals, right? Yeah. But, um, but, but also anyway. the
0: continuous looks of like, so what are we doing with ourselves right. today? Yeah. Like, hey, it's, you, know, like yeah, you know, we can see, but I'm like
2: tapping my watch. That's just right. my, my, my dad's standard, you know, sort of. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I started working and and why it was such a great experience so i had this mindset this conservatory mindset i really did it's like music is this rarefied thing that we create in this specialized space and you know people practicing for 14 hours a day to be perfect at their instrument and Mm -hmm. you know we mentioned Zanakis earlier and 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 people of the modernist era where it was like everything was perfect and Mm -hmm. it's like this we're creating these you know just flawless performances and And that's, and I, so I was, I was an elitist. Absolutely. I was like, well, what any other music is just kind of watered down. Right. It really is. It's just like, it's not as, it's not as refined. And that was my attitude. And Mm -hmm. um, looking back on it, it was so corrosive to my creativity. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I, I had the opportunity to start working in recording. And I started, um, you know, asking studios. I, I was living in D.C. at the time, and I was just asking studios in the D.C. area, you know, like I would just call anybody up because, like I mentioned, I'm shameless. So I'm just gonna <laughs> like call people up and be like, hey, can I work at your studio? You need me to like sweep or something, you know, whatever. I'll take out the trash. And um, so uh, sure enough, uh, one studio manager, uh, he just goes by Tynes. He's a producer in D.C. Uh, he said, yeah, sure. Like you can come in. Like, why don't you come in and hang out? So um, I came into the studio and it was a small vocal booth studio. They had like a a main room where they did some bands, um, but it was mostly just hip hop. Hmm. And I knew nothing about hip hop. I was this classically trained musician, so I I knew nothing about it. And, uh, you know, so I kind of hung out at the studio and I got to know Tynes. I got to know the, uh, the producer and some of the other producers there. Um, and some of the people and you know i was always just kind of there and um the studio manager knew i had some skills but you know sure enough one night the head engineer got sick Mm. he got like food poisoning so they're like hey doug can you like hop on can you hop on the on the system here and run the session and i was like yes i'm like i will do this and Uh, I did it and it was great. And the clients at that time, um, they came in like every Thursday night and it was just like, it was a party. Like, I was like, are we even, you know, like talking about like, you know, you talk about like a rehearsal in a classical setting, you know, it's like very, everyone, you know,
0: it's very, everyone's Everyone's proper sits down and does the, okay, we're going to do this section.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a conductor and there's all this like hierarchy or whatever. This is literally there's an entourage. There's a party going out in the lounge like and um, <laughs> it, it can be very spontaneous. And so I did the session. It worked out really well. And the client was like, hey, uh, we'd like Doug when we when we when we do Thursday nights, we'd like Doug. He, he was good. He was fast. He was really fast. We we're like, we need that. So um, it was the best thing to happen for for my creative world and just my world perspective in general. Because mm-hmm. what started to happen is I started to work with these musicians, first of all, from another community. I was the only white person in the room all the time. And there were, there were, there were English words being spoken that I didn't understand the context to. I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I knew music and I knew recording. And I saw that this other form of music that I knew nothing about and maybe even looked down on you know, if I'm being a hundred percent looked down on, I saw that there were people who were creating this music with the same intensity that mm. I was seeing in the conservatory. Mm. And, and that just like that ruined academic music for me in a good way. Cause ah. I, I just, I was like, Well, if this is just as rigorous and that's just as rigorous, then I need to like reassess this whole thing about, I'm going to write string quartets for the rest of my life, you know? (laughs) Um, And and there's nothing wrong with string quartets. They're fantastic. I love them. Um, But, but I had to rethink that. And that kind of sent me down a path where I wasn't really sure what music I should be writing and what's honest or if I even should write music. Mm -hmm. And I focused a lot on my education and on teaching and on engineering, uh, recording engineering. And I, and I kind of walked away from music because I just didn't know how to reconcile this, you know, wh- what should I even write? Should I make like a pop album? Should I get into hip hop? Should, I don't know. Should Great I, beats
0: and- <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: And, uh, and so, so I was adrift for a little while after that, definitely. Um, and then I would say probably within the last 10 years, i said okay i think i know what i want to say i think i know what i want to do and just within the last uh, five years i've put out about three or four different albums been on different projects um uh on ravello and mo- most recently on albany records and um I, I i feel like i part of that experience is in there now and for me it makes it it makes it feel worthwhile um, I just and it—it it makes me feel not irrelevant. It, it's not irrelevant. It's something relevant um, because it's relevant to me and the world that 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 I witnessed. Um, so it was the worst thing to happen to me and the and the best.
0: Yeah,
1: that's amazing. Oh my gosh, listening to you speak is so oh, validating. <laughs> i so I'm in that phase after my graduate degree where I'm like, I don't know what the hell I want to write. I studied music yeah. composition as well. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I want to write. I know, yeah. but i have this like feeling, I'm like, I know eventually I'm going to know what I want to write. But a yeah. drift is a like Though When you said a drift, I was like, bing, light bulb went off. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I can relate to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, And you know, I, I talk about music now. Like I really, there's really no music that I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, how people are like, oh, I listen to everything. And right. They just listen to like you know. But they have Kenny a caveat. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> as long as it's country and Kenny Chesney and it's a sure. Thursday. But <laughs> other than that, like I listen to everything. Yeah. So, um, but but and and the only music that I I'm disappointed by is when I hear people writing music that maybe maybe they don't want to write, or mm. and, and I hear this sometimes. I hear this sometimes in academia. I hear it with young composers and young creators. I hear, I hear their teachers' music, right? And, um, and that's okay because I, I think that's part of the process, and, and not like it's, and it's not like it's a you know I'm judging I'm like the judging of what's okay in the compositional process, but like, I that really, that really disappoints me when I when I when I hear music that maybe isn't what they really want to write, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I see a lot of young composers struggle too with like, they're in a rock band, right? And then they make beats and then they do this like movie soundtrack stuff, but then they write this concert music. Right. And that, that can be great because like, you should probably be doing all these different things. But um, I always love to see that transition when somebody takes like all those things in their life, you know, all those different influences and they like create something, and you're just like, "What the hell is that? Right? Let me hear more of that. What? What? What is that? What? You know? You know? Like when? Oh, um, definitely. I, you yeah. You probably have some pieces like this, but you, the first time you heard a piece of music, and you're just like, "What is that? Like for me, like the Talking Heads. When I first heard oh, the yeah. Talking Heads, I was just like, <laughs> "What is this? I'm like, is that guy like insane? Like what's going? On? He's like talk singing. Like what's going on? And you know, um I think." you know, like A Tribe Called Quest, when I first saw oh, yeah. low, low End Theory, I was like, wait, there's like upright base now? And I'm like, there's sampling going on? Like, what, like what is this? And so, I love that. I love that when people find, that, you know, when they're able to just take everything and just put it in there and it becomes this like goulash of their experience.
0: Kind but of a I, stone I soup happens. thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think that happens
2: overnight, though. And, and I think that's really hard to do. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, when I started my doctoral program, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very kind of like, okay, we're studying Beethoven and you're going to learn how to write. And I was like, I'm in my PhD, man. This is like, we should be more pushing the boundaries of my own ideas, not rehashing my undergrad, you know, but it's like, okay, we're going to study Beethoven and we're going to look how he uses form and do all this. Then we're going to study Schoenberg and we're going to study this and this and this. And you're going to write a piece that imitates all of that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I could write another, you know, unanswered question, but it's not, it's not me, you know. And, and then. That's a beautiful beautiful piece, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What he does with so little is like, we could all learn from that. But, uh, but then my next year, they had a new professor come in. And she was like, what are you interested in? What do you want to write? What, you know, and that was. I think that might've been the first time someone had like set me down, looked me in the eye and said that, you know, and I was just like, Oh, what am I interested in? You know, like, I love classical music. I love writing this stuff, but you know, I'd like to write something that might have more of an impact than just something good on the ears, you know? Well, like Hillary, it's like scary, right? When somebody's like, well,
2: just do, do whatever you want. Oh, you're like, (laughs) "Uh," you're like, uh, (laughs) wait, I, wait hold on like I, you know you know because like, we get used to the you know the 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 mantras and our teachers and the tradition and that's cool like that you have that but then they're just like well now you need to like take your shoes off like you need to do your own you need to do your own thing
0: yeah yeah it's 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 really terrifying <laughs> like i don't know it uh yeah I mean, the only thing I could think of that was similar to that is like when I learned how to drive a forklift, and they're like, "Okay, now it's time for you to go do this by yourself. Don't kill anyone." And you're like, "That that happens? I mean, what? We yeah, didn't well, cover this." This is a known issue. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I can just go for this now with a nine thousand pound vehicle. No, that's funny. Yeah. Also a forklift training. Yeah. <laughs> Being disappointed by music, like they don't want to write, because I remember like feeling that way. Yeah, like I, like you said, I think that disappointment even comes across in the music. Like you can tell when kids are like, I mean, when I was a college kid, it was like I didn't want to write this piece. My yeah. teacher told me I had to, and like said so there, I think there's a time and place for that because you can learn certain craft and skill. Yeah. But then as you get into the quote unquote real world, it's like. I love that idea of like, okay, no, what, what actually do you want to write? What actually interests you? It doesn't have to be this black and white purist piece all the damn time. You can fuse all these different amazing things and have it be authentically you and have something to say. And it doesn't just have to be like set another string quartet because that's what a composer your age should have is another string quartet. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> have you written your first symphony yet? Yeah. Did, right. I've never written a symphony. I, I could well, I could, but I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's like if it doesn't call to you, I don't yeah. know.
2: <laughs> you know, I saw a recent article where they were sort of lamenting the the fact that maybe the current generation won't have this body of orchestral works that sort of signify our times. You mm-hmm. know that, and they were kind of lamenting this idea that well, if they're you know if if people aren't writing orchestra pieces, then we won't be able to our time or this this generation won't have you know orchestral voices and um I thought to myself, well, you know maybe we'll use different ensembles you know like maybe chamber music, maybe electronic music or um you know video art installation art, maybe those are the the orchestra pieces of
1: our semester. And we don't have motets. <laughs> like, we didn't
2: keep right. that. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love, I love like Gregorian chant and and a lot of like medieval music. Oh, I love that. I could just sit there and listen to. Yeah, I I saw with McMotets. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> we had um, to sing
0: those sometimes, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I didn't say anything about singing up. I, I definitely listened. I mean, to I didn't him. sing I it well.
0: I just, I, I participated enough to get the points. <laughs> to get the points, you, you successfully passed the course. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, we've talked to a few people, you know, and during the pandemic, they were very active with doing online concerts and yeah. doing very safe performances or just writing solo pieces for people to record and then post. Yeah. And, uh, You know, I think the the pandemic has really shifted a lot of people's perspectives of what needs to be done as music Mm -hmm. and that we need to maybe, you know, writing the symphony isn't that important. Writing even a chamber orchestra or even a like maybe even not even a string quartet, you know, like maybe we could focus more on writing small, tiny little solo pieces that, you know, and then used our platforms on social medias and things like that to really get it out rather than you get, hopefully you get one performance of a symphony and you hope someone else might hear that and take that back to their symphony, you know? Yeah.
1: It's hard to compete with, like if I were to try, I live in Billings, Montana, and I can't can't imagine asking the Billings symphony orchestra to play one of my pieces when they're going to say, we don't have the budget for that. We have Beethoven scheduled. And do have Mahler scheduled, but you're not gonna like, whoa, we can't fit a new piece on the roster, like, nobody will buy that. So, like, mm-hmm. it's hard, because I'm like, I feel like there are a lot of orchestral pieces that are being written that maybe just aren't being performed, because you know, we all know the politics behind getting works performed with orchestras, but, ah, oh, it's interesting, I've never heard that, or I hadn't considered that like, idea yeah. of lament for that.
2: You know, I think the the flip of that though is too. I I was talking to an old composition friend of mine, uh, Michael Drews, and um, he's he he. I think he identifies as a sound artist. So I yeah I um so um, and we could talk all about composer versus music creator, sound <laughs> artist. But um you know he was talking about we were we we had a conversation long ago. It was like one of our first conversations. We both lo- write like electronic music and you know drone and kind of. Um, ambient music and you know he said to me once he's like doug like we can write whatever the hell we want in our basement you know like we could do whatever we want down there that's not the problem like we don't we don't have a problem like creating content like creating this stuff and and finding the 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 inspiration to do it we we have a hard time getting out of the basement you know like getting it getting it out into the world and so i think if anything, I've been spending, you know, like the last decade of my life, like trying to get out of the basement and, you know, going back to, you know, the pandemic, it it was like the flip of that. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm all set. Like I've been (laughs) in the basement. I've been like making music in isolation and I'm trying to not do that. So um, I was prepared and I was ready and I, I already had a lot of strategies to like connect with people and connect with with an art form that's already being created uh, in isolation and you know Mm -hmm. more recently I've been working with a bunch of new music ensembles chamber ensembles because I think just having other people in the creative process and 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 me being dependent on them for the creative process Mm -hmm. um, is 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 what I need yeah you know
1: yeah, when you get that that synergy for lack of a cheesy word, but you get that energy when they're feeding off you and you're feeding off them, and that gets your brain firing in different ways and coming up with different solutions and ideas and it's so exciting to get to work with people. Yeah,
2: yeah I just did a recording session um for a, a a new piece that I wrote for the Hypercube ensemble um this weekend and um uh it, the piece is called burning old man summer and it's uh, the hypercube ensemble are saxophone piano uh percussion vibraphone and um guitar electric guitar with like uh, just a wall of pedals so you can like do whatever you want and uh, wow. it's such a fun ensemble it's very easy to just like write a frank zappa piece though like <laughs> you have to be careful to be like all right i've got to be got to be deliberate about this but um Yeah, just working with them and not just any group, but a group that's really excited about new music and pushing it out. You know, Hillary, you just mentioned, you know, even orchestras or some musical institutions not being so interested in in new music because uh, financially it it could be really, you know, maybe not devastating is a little dramatic, but
1: (laughs) yeah,
2: it could be a real burden. So then it's like they have to be really selective about what they're picking. Um, But you know and, and asking is a big thing though too i think a lot of times like going and just saying like there's no way there's no way they're gonna play my piece there's just no way like they don't even like they're only doing Mo- mozart they said in their manifesto they will only play music by mozart or whatever <laughs> um and you write a piece called you know mozart sucks or whatever right so they're like they're like you're like there's no way they're gonna play this and then you go and ask them and they're like oh yeah sure cool like we've got a space on one of the shows or something you know um so I, I feel like asking is like a really big thing too. I at some point and, and HyperCube was the same way. I was like, hey, would you guys want to could I write a piece for you? Would you want to record the piece? And um they said yes. And I was like, Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> do it well. <laughs> I was like, let's let's do this. Okay. So um so yeah, I think you know, that's a big thing too, is asking and you know, but 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 finding people who are responsive or are interested or are are willing to take a chance. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, I think that can be, uh, you know, few and far between.
0: Yeah. I'm always like nervous about sending anything to anybody and even just being like, Hey, so I know you have this coming up in a year or so. And this is kind of similar to it, but you know uh, it's just, I think having that that kind of um what is it? The not the gall but like the cojones to be able to just like yeah. go out there, you know, I think need to be more of a self promoter.
2: <laughs> so so I'm gonna be like, Well just ask, you know, like just ask, man. You know, like just do it. But I have crippling fear every time I reach out to, to somebody and say, <laughs> hey, would you play? Like, so like on the inside, I'm like, please play this piece, you know, right, but, like, right on the outside. I'm like, I think you'd be interested in this new composition I composed and I think it would be a great fit for your group and your ensemble. But like on the inside, it's like, you know, eight year old Doug being like, please play my stuff, you know, right. so, <laughs> like, so like, you that's kind of right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but so like it is, and it's just. But like sometimes I just like I've been amazed. Sometimes I just like asked, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." Um, and um, and you know maybe it's not the best piece I've written, or maybe mm. I I don't think highly of the piece, or I I have I have all this you know baggage about what I expectations for the piece, mm. but I I still just put it out there, or I still just push it out there and yeah probably 90% of the time they're going to say no but like I feel like you live and die in that like 10%. I feel like that's the that's the like that's the golden that's the golden area, you know? I oh, mean yeah. cuz the the 90% is like Hans Zimmer. Like if you're trying to write like film music, like 90% of that goes to Hans Zimmer, right? Right. Yeah. But there's like there's 10%. There's 10%. You can, you know, You can oh yeah, you can live, you can live and eat in that ten percent, definitely.
1: I think that because like at least for me, the more I'm like getting that courage, and the cojones, still said like this courage to reach out, and it's not necessarily that the fear has gone away. It's that I've just learned to kind of mask it, or I'm learning how to shut down and become this person that can go out and ask. So I love hearing you talk about that because it it's so human to to have those fears, and I think a lot of us um that get into music or don't get into music have you know i have it's either you can deal with the fears and go on and do it anyways or you you the fears eat you alive and i think a lot of people think like oh he's successful he didn't have you know he must mm-hmm. be born different or wired different like right. you not know, feeling all these things and it's like oh no they are like or we all are we all have these yeah that reside within us we're just learning how to deal with them in different ways and creating that path forward and getting help to ask and do all these things so I love that you bring that up that's so important
2: <laughs> yeah they're like they 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 are a genius they are taller they are this they they are, are things that i am not and those are the things that get in my way you know like i i get in i can't i need to get out of my own way <laughs> I really do. Like every day, like, I'm just like, you know, find a way today, Doug, find a way to stay out of your own way and, and get something done, whether that's working on the podcast, whether that's writing a piece whether, whether that's sending like that important email, you know, that first email or reaching out, like, just find a way to like, not be in your own way.
1: Oh, my God, I love that. I'm writing it down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which, uh, you know, probably I'm, I'm often... Maybe I'm successful. Maybe like ten percent of the time. <laughs> that's okay. That golden ten percent. That's where. <laughs> Love it.
0: Sorry, the alote truck is going past my house right now. So, oh,
2: no.
0: I didn't hear it. I didn't. I didn't hear it. Oh, I am hearing that.
2: Yeah. What is is there music playing or?
0: They have a little music, but then they have like a recording of someone's voice going "elote," and, it's... and and so what is that? What what is the elote? Oh, elote is corn. It's Hispanic corn that's covered in a Hispa- uh, Mexican mayo. It's got Chile, oh, Parmesan. That's, that's delicious. Oh, it's really good. So it's almost but,
2: like the ice cream truck kind of like right, going yeah. by, and there's like music and like oh wow. I would yeah. gain so much weight if I live in Texas. I would just be like... Oh, you'd eat. probably sweat it, it off, though, I mean. <laughs> sweat it off, yeah, probably, yeah.
0: It, it it rained, and it's still like 90 degrees, so, you know. <laughs> well, I couldn't do it.
2: I can't, yeah, the humidity and the heat, oh, I can't it. do it.
0: And speaking of ice cream trucks, there's one that goes around, and it has the wrong interval on, its, on one of its songs. <laughs> so it's like a minor third rather than the major third, and I'm like... Is this supposed to be a lullaby, or are we killing children here? I mean, this yeah, is yeah, creepy. Yeah, you're like, this is, this is an odd message <laughs> for us. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Why don't back up? Oh, sweet Jesus.
1: And Bill will be right back after his alute. No. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. old gimme five. Comes back, yeah. Kind of drowsy from all that.
0: <laughs> Just covered in mayonnaise. and Yeah. <laughs>
2: That sounds delicious. I want one of those now.
0: It's really good. Yeah, you ever come to Houston? We'll get one. Excellent. So, um, but I wanted to know uh, how you got into doing electronic music, because I mean, you—it looks like you start like you started in electronics, and then uh, I guess electroacoustic, maybe, and then um, maybe—is it you honed with the composition masters or? you were just always interested because you know your story of starting at the studio is a lot like Trent Reznor who yeah. you know he got hired as a as a a guy to clean a studio in in Ohio and then next thing you know he's in there and he's like hey I've worked up some time can I record some stuff mm-hmm. and then he drops um you know head like a hole and all these famous me. nine inch songs yeah and it's just yeah. like so I I think that's of course, fascinating. And, uh, but also like just how you get into this and what's, what makes it interesting. Cause I think a lot of people have a very negative view of electronic music. Mm. You know, um, I know when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I kind of had a similar view of like, well, I'm a classically trained pianist and I, you know, electronic music are for those who have no instrumental skill in quotation marks. and, You know they're just computer guys who, you know, they're gonna use whatever software they can and just record sounds and f- mix them up and do whatever they want with it. But it's not real music, wow, you know.
1: That is insane to me. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: So
2: and is and is the laptop an instrument? Is a computer an instrument? Right, right.
0: Yeah. So maybe how did you get into electro? electronic music or electroacoustic music. And then, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think I started writing acoustic music. I mean, I, I started as as a child, I was like playing piano. Um, you know, my parents had like organs and other instruments and then keyboards and all this. And so like, I was just always messing around with stuff. And, um, I I think when I went to the heart school, um, you know, I was interested in writing acoustic music. Like I was interested in doing that and I had a lot of fun and I do enjoy writing that, but, um, I was a dual major. So I was, I was going for, um, composition, but also recording engineering. I think they, they called it music production technology. So my composition teacher was like, well, you should use this other part of you. Like just, uh, you know, my first teacher, Robert Carl, he, he was the big person that said, you need to take like everything in your life. And like, have that be in your piece. And I have never left that, that mm-hmm. sort of, you know, idea or that mantra of like, you have to combine everything. Um, so they were always pushing me to be like, well, use like, why don't you put some reverb on that? Or like, why, you know, like, add a little ring mod to that or something like, do you know, like, maybe there should be a keyboard like, you know, and um, uh, so I was just always writing, um, you know, electroacoustic or uh, acoustic music with electronics and um you know earlier we were talking about orchestras and i i am in awe of some of the contemporary orchestrators um some of my my really you know uh john adams is somebody who i always thought his orchestrations were amazing i I mean i love minimalism and um Mm -hmm. you know uh there's a lot of these contemporary orchestral composers who it's just beautiful music like somebody even like john crigliano that just like understands so much about each of the instruments and and they can really just like do whatever uh they want with with the orchestra and make these like new sounds and i would love I, i i would love to be able to do that um but a lot of these people grew up playing in orchestras conducting orchestras and they knew that and they under understood like even just the dynamics of like, you can't ask the cellos to play that while the double basses are doing this. Or like, you're not going to get a woodwind player to do that in this context. Or, you know, like just all the things that they know. And I didn't know those things because I I, I didn't grow up playing in an orchestra or even band. So I feel like electronic music is a domain where I can get some sound files, start warping them, start processing, start changing them, um, add in some noise, add in other sort of recording processes to that. And I can create and I can sort of manipulate and play with the sound world. Um, and so that's why I do it because I, that's the way I can express myself uh, because I feel comfortable with all those tools um, to, to make music. And um, because I make music that way and because I rely so heavily on a computer to do all of this, um, I really feel strongly that the computer is an instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny because, you know, Hillary, you were kind of like, that just blows your mind that like some people have these like opinions about what electronic music is. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's a generational thing. And, um, you know, I was in, I was in an interview for a graduate school, and I won't, I won't say the the graduate school, but I was in a one on one interview, and like all the composers were there in the in the room, and there was like the grand composer of the university was there, and he was sitting in front of the piano, <laughs> and he he was a fantastic piano player, and like he just was talking about Liszt and all these things, and I'm like, well, that's cool, like I I like Liszt, like that's cool stuff. And what's then it? there was like, what's it? Oh, that? is
1: it? I don't like Liz. So like was, a... was, right,
2: right. Well, that would be that would be a very short interview. If yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> not, not a big fan. I'll see you guys. You know, best of luck to you. Um, and then there was like all different types of composers there too. There was like the 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 quintessential electroacoustic composer was there, and so so anyways, we we got into a conversation, and I was asked to sight sing some things. I was asked to sing a whole tone scale, all of which I could do. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the grand composer said, you know, what about your keyboard skills? You know, your, your keyboard skills are, you know, that's how a composer composes is with the keyboard. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, maybe, but there's other ways to compose. I'm like, there's like Paganini, right? I'm like, there's like violins and, you know, there's other instruments, Uh, And he's like, well, you just, you're not going to be a successful composer if you don't play the piano. And I said, well, if like List had a computer, maybe List would have like used the computer to like compose. Uh, And that was not. <laughs> that is not the right answer. I
1: think people, if you've been in the classical world, if you study composition, if you haven't, you're like, what the hell are these people talking about? But yeah. that's such a stigma, and you get freaking yeah. frowned upon and shit on if you're not a pianist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, Bill, but I studied voice, and it was kind of like, what are you you're throwing your life away? You're studying voice. You're your I can't believe you didn't study the piano, and I'm like, the voice is what interests me, and what. Yeah. About and that's what I want to write for and I find it fascinating. You know, it's like I, but I have basic keyboard skills, but like I could not sit down and play this. But yeah. I run into that same, same mindset of like you didn't learn piano, your whole career's trash. Like. Yeah.
2: It's like, it's like, who are these educators? And I'm educator too now. So like, I have to, I, I'm sure I've had really bad takes, you know, like I'm sure <laughs> students out there are like one time he said, like, you should never write for the accordion or something like, like I'm sure I'll have some hot takes out there. Right? And I love the accordion. I, I and, you know, but um, like, you're like a tuba, tuba solo. Really? Like, like this right. is going to be a tuba. Like you want to do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, so we, I, I think, I think we become you know the idea of the conservatory and the tradition i think is something that me that we all like at least for me I i won't speak for you but i do have this affinity or love affair with the tradition of something that has been going on for a very long time before me
1: yeah
2: um but i think it can also be really crippling and it can kind of be really toxic For somebody who's trying to create something new
1: yes (laughs)
2: so we have to like both love it and honor it and then also be like well this is for this is for today like we need to do something else it's like everyone has that grandfather where he has like some takes and you're like "Mm, no no no, i don't (laughs) think like like you're like grandfather's a great person but like "Mm, yeah this doesn't really apply to 2021 like we need to just you know and and I think maybe for the for tradition, we have to do the same things. We have to like accept the things and, um, you know, understand the shortcomings of a lot of these things. And then, you know, this isn't written on a sacred wall, with, like sacred text somewhere that like, yeah, if you don't play piano, you're going to be a trash composer, you know, <laughs> like or whatever.
1: Piano or get out of composition.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And there's all these, like, what's, what's this, like, all or nothing?
1: Yeah. You know,
2: this mentality of, like, you're either playing, you know, you're playing Mozart or Beethoven as a, as a community orchestra or as a, as a city orchestra. You're playing the masterpieces or you're just not. Mm-hmm. And you're not making money and that's not profitable. And we don't want to take a chance on that. And, and so, you know, there's, there's performance tradition. There's tradition everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and it's so at least for me i just you're always you're always torn because you're like yeah i'd love to just like listen to just Can and just like be like this is great but like back then he wasn't around, allowed to write certain intervals because it was like you know like it was like a sin to write certain <laughs> intervals and you're just like you know beautiful music but like there i guess there's always been rules isn't there there's always been,
0: <laughs> there's yeah. always been tradition right of always someone who's gatekeeping it, you know? Right,
1: yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. And it's funny because I feel like I had a similar, um, you know, experience with composition. When I was doing my master's, I did it at the University of Birmingham in England, which has, I'm sure you know the B. Absolutely. film that they have. And I remember having that existential crisis of do I study electroacoustic because I love it or do I study the traditional path because I love that as well. And I ended up choosing the traditional path. And part of me is like, you were in Brahm and you didn't freaking write at the dome. Like what the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) It's just, like you said, you end up following what you want. Um, But I think there's so much to like, going back to that idea of the piano is king. You have to compose under the certain tradition. I learned some of my, it's like I learned so much about orchestrating from electronic music and from this idea of spatialization and where where things are sitting in the mix and how can you bring that to an acoustic ensemble? Can you think about an orchestra from a mixing standpoint? Like when I started getting my brain to think about these things in different ways, there's so many different approaches than just sitting down at your piano to play, because while I think it's an excellent composition tool, it doesn't get you to think like the orchestra. It doesn't get you to think like you're mixing and like you're, when you're creating your sound bites and when you're creating your pieces and weaving all that together. I I absolutely agree. I think the computer is the musical instrument because there's so many different things you can do with it. And it it can really open your idea, your eyes and your mind to these different ideas. um, And create some pretty kick-ass music with it as well.
2: But it can also be, it could be crippling in that the sky's the limit. Yeah. (laughs) Like what can't you do? (laughs) Yeah. So like, it can be, you know, one of the things I do, I, I have this process of called windowing and, and what I do with that, it's, it's, I'm basically just editing sound files. I'm processing sound files, but in that I purposely limit, like what I do to these sound files. So I'm, you know, I'm honoring the the hip hop tradition of, you know, sampling and crate digging and looking for breaks. And, you know, I'm looking for unconventional breaks. I'm looking for, you know, uh, You know, a a certain vocal passage or snippets here and there, and you know, with windowing, all I'm really doing is I'm adjusting, you know, simple things like timing and pitch and stretching. Um, You know, I'm not adding like fifteen plugins to something and just obliterating it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to limit what I can do. Otherwise, like I was saying, Michael Drews and I were saying, like we'd just be in our basement, like creating these like, you know, three hour long soundscapes that no one ever hears. And if a soundscape happens in a basement and no one's around to hear it, did
1: yeah. it yes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Which, speaking of like the length of your uh pieces, one thing that I was struck listening to ambient music was how digestible it was, and I don't mean that in like a oh this is easy listening. Like I mean your music's very complex and deep, but I loved. That it was like, oh, these are like track size songs. And these are little sound sound worlds that I can explore in five minutes or nine minutes. And I think I was thinking of Brian Eno's airport music. And I remember the first time I listened to that, it was like, oh, 45 minutes. Like, get brew a cup of tea and you're going to be here for a while to enjoy the experience. But with these, it was like, oh, it was so enjoyable to get this little snapshot of this world. And your ideas are so well thought out and so like, perfectly packaged in these little bites that I just... I thought it was awesome because i like I said it was just so fun to listen to and so engaging and i didn't feel like i had to devote my entire evening to it and right. I like well enjoyment. that's the that's
2: the fourth album the first album i put out it's 60 minutes yeah it's just a 60 minute song i love it and, and there's track there's like track markers because like you have to it can't it just be chaos if you just like the <laughs> record label wouldn't accept just a 60 minutes, like here's the music, and they're like, "What is, is this? Is there tracks?" So the uh, Betty in the Sensory World, the first album I put out, it was 60 minutes, and the idea was you're you're there for 60 minutes, like, um. And I I agree with you. I I think I thought about that, and now once again I'm going back to the context of everything else in my life, and I'm like, yeah, you know, in classical music and in electroacoustic music, we'd sit somewhere for 60 minutes. But in other genres, I mean, there's every other genre, there's breaks, there's a, there's a a cultural event that's happening. So um, you can't have, not that you can't have a 60 minute piece, but how does that relate to the rest of the music in my world? So um, by the fourth album, I really trying to say, okay, let me, let me get some of the fat off here. Let me get, let me get to the point faster, Mm -hmm. but still be able to like, have you sit in something for a while and still sit there and um, have sort of an atmosphere around it where you're, you're, you're going into something, you're going into a world. Um, but yeah, you know, but even with Betty in the sensory world and a lot of, you know, Brian Eno's music, I, the intention is not for you to sit there, or at least for me. And I know yeah. for a lot of Brian, is,
1: he didn't write that to sit with a cup of tea. I mean, it's literally music for airports. Like, yeah. Yeah. You get into I'm like, okay, oh, what does he mean by that? And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even in your first album, Betty, is like even though it's sixty minutes where the mark, where the, the like the marks are, I feel like there's an actual like change in something. You know what I mean? So like there's a change when that mark hits, and there's a change when the next one hits. And and so it's not like I'm sitting there and I love minimalism, you know, and things like that. But sometimes when those changes are so minute, you don't notice it until you're 20 minutes into the next part. And you're like, wait, where did everything go? I mean, I'm still back here. You know, I need to come up here. So, uh, yeah.
2: And that reminds me of life. And that makes me feel (laughs) really, that makes me feel like really like warm inside when I'm like, I'm listening to a piece of music and I didn't realize that something had changed. That something had moved on until I got there. And then right. I, I feel like that's like my life. Like, I'm just like, oh, things change, things evolve. And it, you have these like little epiphanies mm-hmm. in your day where you're just like, wait, oh, I don't do. I, you're like, I love jogging. and You are like I haven't jogged in six months. Like, I, <laughs> what, am <I> doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Like, you know, like, and uh, yeah, I love that sometimes music, you can do that too with music and film. They do that all the time too. You just don't realize something has been slowly changing. Um, and now it's very different. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah well um, similar to film music it was funny listening to your I, I feel like whenever i listen to music i'm just analyzing constantly and my friends are always like put some music on and just <laughs> that's like my game time so i, I can't yeah. but i love your idea
2: <laughs> you're like you're like verse chorus verse chorus okay that's the okay that's the fifth. okay oh we're going to the relative minor okay yeah Oh, that's Everyone an interesting like, bridge.
0: I didn't see that coming, you know? Yeah,
2: like, oh, that's great. You know, and you're like, you start say, vocalizing it out loud and people are like, oh, I think he's finally lost it. I don't know what he's talking about over there.
0: And, oh, yeah. That happened to me. I was like talking to my wife and the, a song came on by Cars. And at the last time they sing the verse, it switches the snare to uh, one and three rather than <laughs> two and four. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, hold on. Hold Stop. On. Pull the car over. Pull the and car I was like, over. I had to feel this for a second, and then I was like, "It's switched." My wife was like, "What?" And so I was like, "Oh no, no, no! no. We switched. gotta listen to this she, again." Hold on. on,
2: what's going on? What happened? What
0: switched? And you're like,
2: "The snare," and she's like, "Oh, okay."
0: <laughs> now she's just like, "Okay, what are we gonna? What are you gonna do now?" I mean, come on, Bill.
1: Right here, the national anthem. My friends all look to me, and they're like, "How oh, was the performance?" <laughs> like, the, right. what yeah. did you think? And I'm like. Yeah. I think someone was really brave and they got up and they sang the national anthem because <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to hear what my real thoughts are, You're
0: right? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But,
1: yeah. Like, let's applaud their bravery because not yeah. everyone can do that.
0: No, kudos Stand to after. you, Fergie. But I mean,
1: <laughs> it <Yeah>. was trying. <laughs> but I found your like going off on the tangent. I did. I found your music very enjoyable, and I'm like, I can't wait just dive in and really listen because I love like reverse engineering like okay what did he layer here what did he manipulate oh, good. this is played like this and, okay he's got this filter running like this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and I thought your, your recordings were so seamless like I it's so uh, I feel like listening to music and music to listening to music like electroniche like they can have they don't always blend well together and listening to music I was like yes it was just so satisfying to be like his sampling is so clean and it blends right in with his created sound and like this is just delicious to listen to so
2: well I I think that's the Zanakis thing that's the connection because Orient Occident or Orient Occident um, that piece you know uh, there was the the Sheffarian like sound collage thing that they were doing where it was like just like all these different yeah. So, and like St. Martin Summer is kind of like that too, where it's just like all this stuff flying. And you know, they truly call it like sound collage. So it's like anything you want to just throw up on the canvas, you can do that. And you know, with Orient Accident and some of the stuff that Sinakis does, it it's it it was droney. It was kind of like drone music. Like there were some things where he let things sort of sustain and he let things change a little bit slower. And that's something so when I was listening to a lot of electroacoustic music and a lot of it I was like mm, this is really hard to digest like it's really cool but like where's yeah. the continuity and I heard that I'm like oh I want to do something more like that like let's take that even further and um so yeah I think that's 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 the zanakis like that's you know listening to that and and being inspired inspired by that definitely.
1: yeah no I mean it shines brilliantly in your music, and it's so important to and i think like bill was saying listening to electroacoustic music or just electronic music or music concrete can just be so jarring because we're not used to it it's i mean nothing in nature and classical music has prepared us for this genre and this wall of sound um so when you can find something that i think is like a really smooth introduction I'm like listeners check this out it's going to be the best introduction you can think of to get into <laughs> electronic music
2: it's so very nice. you- you to say um i talking about rules too like think hot takes our teachers have said um if you can do it in the real world why is it in your electroacoustic piece
1: you know like
2: why would you and that's something i still struggle with every time i like put a bird in you know like something that you can tell what it is yeah uh, i do that i i'm always just like no Doug you do you you can do your own thing you can do your own thing now you don't have to listen to that anymore but yeah like rules even rules in electroacoustic music can it be things that sound familiar
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. I I have very limited experience with music concrete and Mm -hmm. and uh I mean I had an amazing teacher at Nevada Reno who was very I mean he was really smart about it but I had to create a 60-second piece, and it was maybe like the second time I ever did anything. And I just took sounds from, like, hitting glasses and and strings and a bow and, like, a horribly tuned child's violin and things. And I just mixed I'd it all together. To I'd listen yeah. to that. Yeah. And I, do. like, I pulled them apart, and I, I, I don't know what I was doing, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was just trying all the plugins that were there, you know, seeing what was going on, what was going to happen. And then I put it all together and I remember him going like, what did you use for this? Like what, what, what were your samples? And I was like, Oh, this is this, this one is this. And he's just like, I never would have guessed any of that was used. Like I could have sworn that this is like, you could have, like you used a piano for this or you used a percussion instrument for this. And I was like, no, that was just, that's just me breaking a glass in the studio. I'm really sorry. I cleaned it up. Yeah, but. Yeah, like there's glass everywhere, by the way. Don't walk barefoot in the studio for a few weeks until yeah. they, Why do you they, think they, I'm bandaged and I have stitches?
1: I mean it's <laughs> flawless. No clipping. It was beautiful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, that I love I love the flip of that though. I love it when people are like, Where is that from? That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah well i know that what is that and and i think that's the art of sampling
0: yeah. And
2: you know especially like coming from hip-hop like taking the context out of something so somebody who knows the original context would be like that's ridiculous this song is about x and this song was you know a, an easy listening song from the 70s why is it in this song so i love that in electroacoustic music where which is like the opposite of the ascomaniacs and the and these uh, O.J. sonore where it's like sound object, it is without context. Right. I love the context because then I think you you're like, mm, what is that? I've heard that somewhere, and I don't think you'll ever like be like you know somewhere and be like at a train station, and be like that was the sound. But I but but I hope that context might draw somebody in and um, gives it this like f- familiarity. Like mm-hmm. I'm always trying, to, I'm searching for that. I'm not always successful, but I'm always trying to like look for these sounds that that are yeah, like what is that?
0: I yeah. That is. I mean, that was kind of the one thing I realized like listening to your music and stuff is that there's a familiarity to it and yet it's also kind of alien, you know? And I like there was nothing I could like put my finger on and be like, "Okay, I know what this is." But it still felt like something that I'd heard before, you know? And it was it was I love that. I thought that was just very, it was comforting. And, you know, for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience in that genre of music, but it was also, it's like that little push behind your back to kind of get you like out of your bubble. So
1: yeah, I think one of the fascinating things, one of my professors, I had, I was very fortunate because I went to the University of Montana and Charles Nichols was, or Dr. Nichols was the, yes, yeah, he was the Charles, head of, yes. Yeah. That, I was wondering it was like your polling green, you might know that. Yeah, like,
2: yeah. oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, he was <laughs> bi-
2: violin, was beautiful electro sure. bi- electroacoustic violin.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yes. I haven't seen in years, but um <laughs> He was very big on creating this music composition program that had the traditional side-by-side with the electroacoustic or um, electronic music. And so like that was, I took four tech classes all throughout the years and was always thinking about this. But another one of my professors that um, his name was Tommy Purtis, he was like, whatever you do with voice you're going to recognize it because we are so hardwired to hear voices that it's like, it's a very rare thing when you can obscure that electronically It's like, good luck trying that. So it was kind of this challenge that I, and it was interesting listening to your music because like, there were moments where I was like, that's a voice. Like you put it through, you know, it was like, Mm -hmm. suddenly you're like, you're waiting. You're like, what is that? What is that? That's the boy. Like, that's somebody saying this or like somebody singing this. And I was just so enjoyable to listen to like, hear those little tidbits come through. Um,
2: It's like the, it's like, analogous to like seeing a human face yeah we have this like (laughs) yeah we're just like is there a face is there you know is there is there a tiger behind me is there not a tiger (laughs) well you know like am I going to make it back to the cave or not like and 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 so I think the voice is the same way so we're like in this like weird soundscape there's like all these noises flying around us and then we hear you know a voice and we're like okay maybe it's safe here because if other people are here then maybe it's it's safe for me to be there i don't know but uh yeah and you can play you can like you can play with that too like you can play with the idea that out of any kind of noisy soundscape people will pick out a human voice and that could draw somebody somebody's attention in
1: which is fascinating to me. Yeah, like, I don't know what made me think of that, but I was like, I was listening to music and I heard a voice and we were talking about things being unfamiliar, but then all of a sudden you get this glimmer of, oh, I think I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. But.
2: Yeah. I think sometimes too, when when stuff is really abstract, you know, I, I often too, when I'm listening, I try not to be like, I try not to do, I try, I, I fail but I try not to sit there and just analyze it. Like I try to be in the moment and I try to listen to it um, and not evaluate it too. Cause I do like, I'm really unhealthy. Like, I'll be like, Oh, that was really good. I'm going to steal that. Or like, Oh, I could do that better. Or like, you know what I mean? Like just all these other things where, and then I'm just like, no man, like just like sit and take it in and enjoy this because the, the that's the thing about music. Like somebody else made that for you, you know, they like made it for you to hear. So like, don't sit there and just like judge it and evaluate it. Like, and I'm saying this for myself, you know, I'm just yeah. like, just enjoy that. They're trying to communicate with you. And
1: uh, yeah, no. And I, I think that's um, hard to do, especially coming from that, absolutely. like absolutely. elitist mindset. I mean, like, like I said, I used to be a, a national anthem snob. And now I'm like, somebody got up and sang this beautiful piece of music for us. Let's just enjoy this performance. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Fun.
2: It's easy to be Simon Cowell it's so easy to like sit there and just be like, you do not have talent, you know? Uh, But like, yeah, like I could say the same thing. I could trash somebody's performance of the national anthem. Uh, Could I get up there and sing the national anthem? Yes, I could, but I'm not, (laughs) I might, I might be not allowed in the United States after that. I I don't know. It might be pretty bad. Like I might, you know, I might have to do some community service afterwards or something.
0: I mean, as long as you're not Roseanne Barr, I think you'd be okay. I think, see, the, the
2: problem is I'd be trying to be better than Roseanne Barr, but not, like, not, not, get there. You, you know, like I, that would make it worse because I'm not trying to do it poorly. But,
0: right.
1: Well, well, I love your sentiment of being present in the moment and just enjoying and di- digesting and listening. And yeah. that's a really beautiful sentiment to have. And I think like listening, we can often get tied into being analytical and listening for form and listening for this and listening for that. So that's a really great. Reminder. I think it was Charles Nichols who said he's like, "I do my best composing when I'm listening," and I remember thinking yeah. like, "What do you mean by that?" And he's like, "Sometimes you just let your brain go and you don't try and control it, and it starts spinning off ideas, and that's okay too." and
2: yeah. yeah, you're you're not saying like, "Okay, so now I'm in this section and this part in the form, and it relates to this, and I need to modulate here, and I need to do this, this, and that." You're just kind of like. I don't know. What if I put a cowbell in this part? Like what would, what would, what would happen?
1: More cowbell. Yeah. I don't know. I think it needs a little more.
2: <laughs> usually it needs less, right? I think that's a good, It's a good mantra. Usually, usually you just need less cow, cowbell.
1: I don't know, man, more cowbell. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> oh, well, um, I mean, maybe we should do a farewell. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's been about an hour or so. I don't want to take too much yeah. time. I know it's <laughs> late there, so I'm.
2: I'm really hungry now that you've been talking about the what, what was the it? Called? Lotes. Oh, lotes. <laughs> oh, lotes. Yeah. Lotes.
0: <laughs>
2: wow. That's so. It's like corn with may- yeah. You just said you had me at like corn and mayonnaise. So I was like right.
0: Oh, I remember the, the first time, time I had time. it. I was like this. I don't think this will be pretty good. But I was like you know right. eight, and right. then uh, I tried it. With my, my friend, and he's just like, Yeah, put some chili powder on top. And I was like, Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he even put like a little lime juice on top. Right. And I tried it, and I was just like, Holy crap, this is good. Yeah. Like, this and then is then way, it was all this... downhill from there. It was yeah. just yeah. like a yeah.
2: lotes every, every,
0: every day, <laughs> tamarind on everything. And,
2: <laughs> and it's got to be spicier and spicier every time. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Actually, last night I had my first uh, taste of Nigerian food from a coworker, yeah and i was like this is so delicious i had a little spice you know and i was like but this yeah. is so delicious he's yeah. like we didn't want to make it too spicy because we didn't know how you would take it yeah. and so my and wife like, made don't, everything don't bland. And i was like no no yeah exactly you're
2: Like, don't hold back on me i can take it I can if take i
0: it. cry <laughs> then then it's okay i mean that's fine right. i will that's deal with the, the punishment part of the
2: process you, to, <laughs> you just cry you have to get a glass of milk like yeah yeah definitely It's
0: like eating good crawfish, you know. The hotter it is, the more you, you know, your nose drools and your hands hurt and things, the better, so. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the last time I was in uh, New Orleans, I think I literally ate crawfish in every meal, and so now anytime somebody says crawfish, I'm just always like, like, I'm a little, (laughs) it's delicious. It's a fantastic food. I just, like, had it for, like, four days straight, so. Oh, yeah. Good. It was, like, ribs in St. Louis or Kansas City. It was the same way. I just, like, ate, like, every meal of ribs. So
0: I mean of course now whenever I go to Memphis all I can think is dry rub and I'm just like I gotta yeah. get me some dry rub ribs. So now
1: I'm getting hungry.
0: Yeah sorry I didn't know I have a food problem so I just you know, I was no, alone. No. <laughs> no our whole podcast is based off of food and music. So I mean this is Maybe. fine.
2: Yes. <laughs> what else what else is there?
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know if you can you can click with people on their food and or their music then you're golden. Yeah. So,
2: the trick is to not eat during somebody's piece, you know, like just <laughs> having enough restraint to be like, all right, I'll just, uh, I won't eat this taco right now because I'm trying to, yeah. It Grandma, is, yeah, put the drops away.
1: Yeah. I didn't think Cheetos would the drop I didn't think clearly, okay? I was hungry.
2: I made some bad decisions. I enjoyed your piece, but I had, <laughs> that's great.
0: I have to pee. Hold on. <laughs> so well um but doug it's been great talking to you and okay. this has been amazing i think very i think every time we talk to someone on here it's always been yeah. luckily we have not had a single bad one and it's always right. been very inspirational and yeah. uh and uh it's been amazing talking to you about your music and your life and just you know kind of growing some cojones man yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> i want to try i'm going to do some research on the internet now about elote and find out more about it and what's in it yeah so that was that by the way that's my big takeaway you were like thank you very much this has been a meaningful conversation i'm like i learned about a new food that i can (laughs) i'm supposed to say thank you thank you yes this was it was a wonderful conversation sincerely it was uh and it was it's always great to talk music with with musical people and um yeah i i think there's always a lot of sort of therapy is not the right word but there's a lot of community and fellowship and just people that are creating music or are part of music and and there's a struggle within that so i always Mm -hmm. love talking to other musicians because we understand like we get we get it um And uh, yeah, no one else gets like that. We're listening to the radio, and the the beat changes on the snare, and we're like, we can't. We have to pull over. We have to pull the car over.
0: I did. I literally pulled it over in the middle of (laughs) Reno, Nevada, and I was like, hold on, hold on. I have to figure this out. (laughs) But yeah, it's completely normal. That's completely
2: normal. If anyone tells you it's not, they're they're not a musician. They're not a musician because that's completely normal musician behavior. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I uh, Even listening to uh, Taylor Swift and I was just like, oh, the harmony is this. Oh my God. <laughs> it's layered on that. Like you do the wait, but we already
2: heard that in the first verse and now the bridge yep. is actually the verse and the chorus. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. And you're like, this is a three and a half minute song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She made how much money off of this song? I,
0: I can do this. <laughs> you're like, I can do this. <laughs> so, but well, thank you so much and, uh, uh I and please uh take a second and, and plug your podcast too. Absolutely. Yeah. Talking about talking to other creative
2: people, um, the process, uh, a podcast about creativity and experimental music is just that. I talk to other people, uh other creatives about making music, creating music, and we get to listen to one of their pieces uh throughout the podcast. Um, and uh they talk about how they made it, their process but then we also do something called creative cogitations where those are those like questions that we all have to ask ourselves, you know, that we don't want to answer and the guests do a great job of like talking through it. And it gets very therapeutic at the end. Like I just, every time I do one of these, it's like so great because I'm just like, I struggle with that too. Like that's, you know, I like, I, I've had that. Oh fun. yeah. Um, oh, I
1: love it.
0: Yeah. So, and you just recently had Alan Tyson on or Tyson, yeah. Alan Tyson. Yes alan
2: tyson yeah he uh yeah he's amazing um i think his went for like an hour and a half and i had to cut i usually cut him down to about 22 minutes and there was just so much good stuff and Mm -hmm. he's so enthusiastic and um he he has a lot of joy in making music yeah some people struggle with like it's like a suffering thing to make music and it's beautiful but he just has so much joy in making it and i am jealous of that i'm je- oh I, yeah i wish i could be more joyful when i'm making it now <laughs> like, i have to do this this is my mission you know so. oh yeah
0: yeah he was a former guest on too and he mm-hmm. we talked about his music and you know how he got into composition and things and and then we talked about scotch and whiskey. So it was, <laughs> yeah. So it always just devolves to. Uh, always you know, something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. food, all the good stuff in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Doug. Absolutely.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website.
0: You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more.
1: If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at soundsoftheworldpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there
0: you go.